And uh, if any of you are concerned uh, or like to get this book in a few months, you can uh, get on my web, uh, Elaine Hallmer, H-O-L-L-M-E-R, and it'll be available, I'm sure, probably about February, right and before the meeting that we're going to have in Chattanooga. Also, in the month of November, one week in the month of November, if you will watch the daily devotions on my web, you're going to see and hear me talk about you. Well, I'll say that again. And sometime in the month of November, I'm going to be talking about you because uh, we done some videoing today at Charlevoix on the lake. And I told him what I was here for and doing all this, that, and the other. Mentioned brother and sister Kreiner, and it's going to be a good devotion. So one week, I'm not sure what week that'll be on, but October. I thought it was November. I thought we'd already done all of October's and this was November's. So, okay. You heard that, didn't you? October, last week in October. So it's going to be great. You be there. But tonight we're going to be speaking on the weapons of mass destruction. And I know what God is saying. He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that the Holy Spirit moved on the earth. Now what we need more than anything else in the body of Christ today is a moving of the Holy Spirit. There needs to be a coming forth revival shaking the cities and the Holy Spirit, uh, don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit and don't be afraid of the old-fashioned Acts chapter 2. Amen. There's not a new spirit. Same Holy Ghost. And he's manifested himself the same way. Somebody said, oh no, God's doing a new thing. No, God's doing what he always said he would do in the Bible. He said that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters would prophesy. And then Joel prophesied that. And that happened in the book of Acts. Jesus made the statement that it was for all people. He said, the Spirit of God that I'm going to pour out is for you and your children, them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so the Holy Ghost revival is in the land. It's not coming. It's already here. Amen? We want the Holy Spirit moving on the earth. We want the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. We want signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit. We want to get into real praise and worship in the Holy Ghost. Singing's good. Music is great. But unless it's Holy Ghost music, it's not any good. Nobody can make a, a, a noise sound as good as the Holy Ghost. One day I was in my tent and Phil Driscoll was there with me. For about the first seven years of my tents... Brother Driscoll would go with me everywhere I went in those tents. And one day he took his trumpet and he stood up and started playing We Shall Behold Him. And the atmosphere, all, everything was shaking under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, when Phil Driscoll played that horn today, I stood up from my throne. In other words, he gave him a standing ovation. And I happen to believe that the Holy Ghost music is the best music there is. And if you're ashamed of the Holy Ghost, you're ashamed of God because God is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God. Amen. So you can't be ashamed of this pouring out of the Holy Ghost. We don't need another denomination. We don't need Dr. Bottle Stopper and Professor Snodgrass. We don't need another big name. We don't need another big building. We don't need another ministry. What we need is the Holy Ghost to come in and work on us. Amen. Everybody raise your hand and say, I need the 
Let's face it. If I sing or you sing, or I play or you play, doesn't matter who's playing, but it sure does matter who's playing under the Holy Ghost. Amen. Singing in a spirit. Why should I feel discouraged? Why do the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely? Does that sound like Holy Ghost? <laughs> Call to heaven above. Now those words, that's a pretty song. But you know what? I'm not doom and gloom, despair and agony on me. I want something like power, power. God is good. I want something positive because there's enough negative around my life. I need something positive. Amen. So the Holy Ghost is in the praise and worship. And we need to have the praise and the worship something people can feel. Well, we don't go by what we feel. Yes, you do. When you're hungry, you eat. Why? Because you feel hungry. Amen. I don't go by what I feel. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because if it's raining or bad outside and you don't feel like going to church, you don't go. Come on, y'all. When someone is treating you mean, you feel that because you're a human being. God did not make you without emotions. God did not make you not to feel anything. But what the Holy Ghost is teaching you is how... To overcome what you feel. See, you're an overcomer and the Holy Spirit is God who is driving things that make you feel bad away. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be living holy. He wants you to preach against sin and He wants you to preach against what God calls sin. And the only way you can do that is by the Holy Ghost. No service is good without the Holy Ghost. Singing's not good without the Holy Ghost. Ladies' meetings are not good without the Holy Ghost. There's nothing good without the Spirit. So God is saying that the Holy Spirit must come into our church. And yes, Lord, I will. I hadn't thought about that in a while, but yes, Lord, I'll say it. When Brother Hagen had his birthday party and me and Brother Norville and Dave Roberson and my husband Ken was sitting there. And all of a sudden when Brother Hagen walked up. Now you know the Holy Ghost don't care what makes people not feel good. He just wants to fix what makes you not feel good. He's not caught up in the, oh Lord, how will I handle this? The Holy Ghost doesn't say, I don't know what I'm going to do. But Brother Hagen walked up to the platform it was his 75th birthday party or 80, I'm not sure. And he said, I have $100,000 written into this check. It's my birthday and I want to give it to Rama Bible College. So, you know, I'm going, oh, wow. What a wonderful man. He's going to give $100,000 on his birthday to his own school? Well, I think that's neat, don't you? I mean, after all, you don't have your money to keep. You get money to give away. I think I'll say that again. You don't get money to hoard and keep. You get money to give away. When I get ready to move to heaven, I'm going to have spent everything I've got. Oh, no, I need to save some for little Tommy. And I need to have some for little Sheila. No, you don't. You need to give everything you've got away to the power of God and the glory of God and the work of God. I like what Bama Bump, uh, I think her name is Irma Bombeck said. She said, when I stand before God, she said, I'm going to walk up to him and I'm going to say, I don't have one 
thing to bring to you because everything you gave me, I've already used. Isn't that good? So Leroy Thompson from down in Louisiana walked up and said, I've got $85,000 I want to give you, Brother Hagen." And then the man from Detroit, Butler, Pastor Butler, he gave about 100000 And they all kept giving thousands and thousands, and pretty soon it was $2.something million for Brother Hagen's birthday. Well, I'm just sitting there going, I'm having hot flashes. <laughs> I'm going, I said, Brother Norval. How much money is Ken? You know, he's Mr. Calculator, Mr. Mathematician. He's already sitting over there counting it all up. Elaine, it's a million dollars. Elaine, it's over a million dollars. Elaine. And I'm going, wow. But then when everything was over and everybody had given everything, Brother Hagen walks up there and writes his check for 100000 and said he wants to give 100000 too. So it brought it over $2 million. And I'm just going, Whoa. But all of a sudden, while Brother Hagen is giving his money, everything in that room started to shake under the power of God. There was balconies all around the room. There was me, I don't know, me and, and Brother Norval and Dave Roberson and Ken. And all of a sudden, it felt like there was an earthquake in the building. Everything just started under the power of the Holy Ghost. I've never been in a meeting, in anybody's meeting, A.A. Allen, William Branham, Oral Roberts, or anywhere else, where I just felt everything shaking. Now, Brother Earl Ivey was one of the most anointed people I've ever known in my life. He's the one I told you about that scraped the little boy's brains off the side of the road when his little boy got run over by a dump truck, put the gravel and the dirt and everything in the little boy's head and went to the hospital. The doctor said, oh, no, he's got a heartbeat, but he's brain dead. And Brother Earl Ivey said, oh, no, he's going to live. And you know the story. In about two weeks, he was, he was alive, and he was an A student. And the doctors, it's a phenomenal miracle that happened in Knoxville, Tennessee, that everybody still talks about if you mention Earl Ivey. And so, so I'm sitting here, a Pentecostal girl, and proud of it. I'm so proud of it. I'm, I'm so proud that I'm not a dead charismatic. I am. I'm glad. I love all charismatics and Baptists, but I'm so glad I'm not Baptist. And I love Catholics, but I'm so glad I'm not Catholic. And I love Methodists and Presbyterian and Episcopalian, but I'm so glad for my roots in the Bible. I'm so glad that I know what it was like to have a mama and a daddy that I've never sassed or been mean to in my life that would walk out in the little storefront building and people regurgitate cancers up outside the door because daddy would tell them they were healed and mama would prophesy to them. They'd come in with handkerchiefs full of cancerous growths. I'm so glad I saw all that when I was a little girl. But the thing about it, Brother Hagen, is when all this money came in and everybody wasn't hoarding back, uh, 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 the man from uh, Arkansas, uh, Chuck Charles Cowan, he walked up and he said, well, you know, I got 60000 My church has been saving it up for you, Brother Hagen. There's my $60,000 check saving up. I thought, what kind of Holy Ghost is that on people that save up money for their pastor? It's getting quiet in here tonight. I don't mind it. What kind of people save up money for their pastor? What kind of people have pastor appreciation in the month of October? October is the month of pastor appreciation. I tell you what kind of people do that. Holy Ghost people. So all these people had saved up all this money for Brother Hagen. And when they had all given, and Brother Hagen walked out there and gave his, then he turned around and gave the whole 2.5 million or 2.2 million to the Bible college and paid off every bill they had and all the buildings they had and everything. And now they was debt free. He could have hoarded all that money. He could have taken all that money and put it into his bank account and him and his wife went and bought a yacht or a Bentley or three more houses. But he didn't. He gave it to the kingdom of God. Amen. 
See, in this Holy Ghost revival that we're in now, we're going to be out for the kingdom of God and not hoarding the money for ourselves. In other words, preachers that really believe in the prosperity message, the Holy Ghost is going to get on them and tell them, start giving some of your money back to the congregation. Oh, hello walls. Hello trees. In this revival that we're in, we are not going to put all of our money into buildings and empty places. We're going to be out in the highways and the hedges compelling people and dragging them out of hell. In this Holy Ghost revival we're in now, somehow God, somehow the Holy Ghost is going to change your way of thinking so much that finally once and for all, you get the chips off of your shoulders and quit being hurt. I dare you to raise your hand and say, oh God, let it happen to me. We're going to throw away our pampers and our pacifiers. And we're going to stop sucking our thumbs. And we're going to grow up and be mature. And nothing will take you out of your church. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. In the Holy Ghost revival, we're going to stop hipping and hopping and running away from your church and your pastor. You're going to say, come hell or high water, God put me here, I'm going to stay. In the Holy Ghost revival, we're going to have people that walk in unity and walk in love. So that if you prophesy, I'm not jealous. So that if God uses you, I rejoice. So if you do get a new car, or you do get a new house, or you have something going on in your church... I'm not going to start a revival the same week you're having a revival to stop people from coming to your ministry. In this Holy Ghost revival, we're going to have men and women who actually love each other. Words are cheap. I love you. No, you don't. Not if you just word that actions speak louder than words besides that if you are full of and controlled by the Holy Ghost you know if somebody loves you or not don't be a folk and a, 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 and a, a actor when you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit you know who really loves you and who really don't. Why do we keep on pretending? Why don't we just get in the Holy Ghost and ask God, put some love in my heart because be truthful with God and say, I don't love that person. I don't love them. I don't like them. They make me mad. They make me aggravated. Now, why don't you help me love them? Well, this isn't, this isn't what I think y'all wanted to hear. This is not an easy world. Charlevoix and Harvest Barn Church and this meeting is one of my highlights of the year. I love to come here. I love to go to the apple orchard. I love to go to the uh, wind wave, whatever it is, vein, and eat chicken, chicken chowder. Weather vane. I like to go in there and sit down and eat uh, uh, fish white fish chowder and drink tea and, and have good time and I want to stay five and six days when I get here. And then I want to walk every day up and down Charlevoix streets and eat apples and stop me baklava and hot coffee and just, just have myself a time. It's like a vacation when I come here. Then I want to get in this gospel church called the Harvest Barn with one of the most fantastic bands in the world and praise and worship groups and pastors that let you be free, they don't tell me, now don't you dare preach on that Holy Ghost too much and don't you be too loud. 
I thought it was real comical the other day. I have a precious, precious, precious lady in my church. She had rheumatoid arthritis. Her husband left her. He was with another woman for like 10 or 15 years. Every Sunday she came to church. Pastor Elaine, I love my husband so much. Just please pray for him. And I'd say, why don't you... Why don't you let me pray that God will get that out of you? He's been gone all these years, living with that other old woman. You don't want him, don't need him. He don't, he don't deserve you. Oh, no. God promised me he's coming back. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, okay. And I just keep on praying. Well, she got bitter. And she would be down and out and... This rheumatoid arthritis started bending her little fingers, bending her little feet. One day she went to the hospital to get a hip replacement. It got in her hip, and it must have been a drugged doctor. Put cement in her hip. It set up staph infection. The cement or whatever they put in there was wrong. They had to finally, after the staph eat away so much of her leg, they'd take it all out so then she was in a wheelchair for the last six years. Couldn't move because she had no hip. Pastor Elaine, will you please pray for my husband to come home? And see, and see, I go to the town. And you know, I'd buy her these frilly blouses and stones and studded and pretty stuff because I didn't want her to feel like that that other lady was pretty and she was ugly even though she was getting more and more and more and more. She couldn't forgive. It's hard to forgive when somebody does you that way. Why don't we just fess up to it? I mean, we're men and women of God, but why don't we just tell it like it is? There's some things that are hard to do. I think if preachers would be more real, it would help the congregation. We all have a tough time. I don't ever want to get up before you and make you think like I'm some prima donna and I don't have any trouble, that everything's heavenly and nothing's hellacious. There's a bunch of hellacious stuff goes on all around me. It's not easy being what I am and doing what I do. It is sometimes harder than anything in the world. So here I am praying for her, buying her little things, going to visit her in the hospital. Well, on my way, on my way up here the other day, first of all, let me tell you that two years ago, the guy came home. And she comes rolling into church. And what church? She said, he's back. Thank you so much for praying. Her face was lit up where it had been down. She was all made up, had on her makeup and her lipstick, had her hair bleached blonde. She was all pretty, had on one of them little pretty tops. She said, he's back. I said, oh, I'm trying to, you know, be nice. Oh, oh, oh. There is a real and a fake. Do you see this leaf? It's fake. Do you see this one over here? It's real. Right? Pastor went out and worked hard today and got these beautiful things. Just one leaf, Pastor. This is a real one. Okay, feel, feel, feel of this. Feel that real leaf. Now feel of this dead plastic thing. Uh-huh. Well, that's the way we are most of the time without the Holy Ghost. We're as plastic as we can be. We're just plastic. We're plastic. Feel that. Feel that. That's, that's just, oh, feel that. Feel that. It looks all right on the outside, but it don't have any life in it. See, see this is, did have life. Still got life. It ain't all dead yet. See, if it was dead, it'd be turned brown and look awful. See, there's a difference in the feel of it. There's a difference in it. And when we got the Holy Ghost and we let him come through us, we're not plastic anymore and we're real. So I said, oh, plastic, oh. <laughs> she was as happy. She's been to church every Sunday just as happy as she can be. I asked her the other day, I said, How, how's he doing? She said, oh, he's wonderful. Two days ago, in the middle of the night, that 
final, my nurses can help me, but finally it cut off her, her breathing. Final breath, breathing, RA, rheumatoid arthritis, don't even affect your lungs and your breathing and all that. Well, well, she was going, and he grabbed her up in his arms and he carried her to a little old country hospital. Took him an hour and 45 minutes to try to get a tube ventilator down her throat. The last thing that she said was, she looked up at him, she said, I love you. And he was crying, he said, I love you too. Now, when I'm talking about hurt, what's he going to do the rest of his life? She's, she's gone. I have to leave tonight after this meeting and drive. I have to get up in the morning and drive all day. I have to get up Saturday morning, meet the family at 1130 at the church. I have to preach her funeral and then get in the car right as soon as the funeral's over and drive back to Bangor to Pastor Max to finish up this tour that I'm on. And, and I have to, he, he told me he, on the phone, he said, Pastor Elaine, she loved you so much. I want to have the funeral at the church. Surely you can come home and do this funeral. And I said, well, well yes, I will. I, although I don't want to leave, but yes, I will. He said, but would you mind not being loud? Would you mind not being loud? Now Mary would shout from the wheelchair. Mary was a dancer, a Holy Ghost woman. In case he don't know it, she got him out of hell. She prayed that boy back out of hell. Changed his life. He's back home. Now he got to stay with her two years and all those years he was gone. He will not ever be able to forgive himself. He told my husband, he said, I I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, I feel so bad. Well, you know your flesh says, uh-huh. I guess you do. Little scumbag, no. You know, that's what your flesh feels like. Uh, remember, remember, remember. Where's my real leaf? I don't know. I brought it over here. There's a difference in being real. Well, I don't think preachers ought to say scumbag. Well, you know what? I'm real. Real. And when you, now, I've got to minister to that little thing and help him get forgiveness for his own self. And there's no way I can do that. You cannot forgive yourself without the Holy Ghost. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you to do? I told you that if you don't forgive... You'll never be forgiven. See, the Holy Spirit in this revival, yes, there will be miracles, and yes, there will be healings, and yes, there will be dancing, and yes, there will be shouting. But the main thing that the Holy Ghost is doing right now is making me and you real and not plastic. Somebody say amen. If you're on, you're on. If you're off, you're off. If you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, you're wrong. Come on. If you need correction, you need correction. Go ahead and let the Holy Ghost correct you. He said if he don't correct you, you're a bastard and not a son. Everybody raise your hand right now and say, I don't want to be a bastard. The Bible says bastard. Who said that? Who? You want to be a son? Well, then you've got to turn your life over to the Holy Ghost because he's the only part of God that can move on you. Don't throw the one out of your church. That's what's going to transform you in your church. We're so crazy. We gotta know what the weapons of mass destruction are. And the greatest first form of our foundation is we gotta grow up and quit being immature babies. I don't think I can ever forgive me. Yes, you can. I don't think I can ever forgive you. Oh, yes, you can. I don't think I can ever forgive my pastor. Oh, yes, you can forgive your pastor. 
one of the greatest things I think I ever saw in my life was a woman that lives in the city with Aretta. She's a crippled lady. Her feet are twisted. And she had a husband who left her in the Vietnam War and left her with two children. She raised them. And she lived and worked her whole life and done everything. I had my tent up in, in uh, Botkins, Ohio. And she come walking up the aisle one night with her little crippled feet. She can't walk too fast. She come walking up through there, and she had a lady by the arm. And I said, oh, I said, what do you need? She said, my friend wants to be saved. I said, oh, praise God. Come on, honey. And we all knelt at the altar, and we prayed, and she wonderfully got saved. And then the next few minutes, the lady told me, she said, you know who this lady is? She's the lady that ran off with my husband 30 years ago. And now I got to lead her to Jesus. Is this not a wonderful night? The Holy Spirit, who is God, is pouring himself out. Because as he moved on the face of the earth in the beginning, and for more than over 6,000 years, he's been working, and he made sure that anything, anything, anything you needed, he provided a way to bring you out, and not just out, but to bring you through. Amen? And so I want to read this to you, please. Turn in your Bibles. He's the same Holy Ghost today as ever was. He's the same one that spoke to Peter. He's the same one that moved on Jesus when Jesus walked on water. He's the same one that turned water to wine. Jesus said, the one inside me that does the work, I don't do these things of myself, but the one who sent me, he does the work in me. Amen. Amen. He's the same one that spoke to Abraham. And said, go, and he went. He's the one that spoke to John G. Lake and William Branham and Smith Wigglesworth and Benny Hinn and everybody else. But we need to know what we have. And here's what he said. John 16, reading in the Amplified. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would guide us and lead us into truth. That he would not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he shall speak and show us things to come. Now, I don't know about you, but I need the part of God who is the Holy Spirit to tell me what to say and what to do. You, I can't make it on my own. I can't even make it. I cannot make it one minute. The Amplified says, when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit, when he comes, he will guide you into all the whole, full truth. Somebody said, oh, I want to know everything about God. Well, get in the Holy Ghost. Because it was the ultimate intention of God from the very beginning to be God in man. Come on, somebody say amen. And from the very beginning, God wanted to be God in Adam. God wanted to be God in Abraham. He wanted to be God in Moses. He wanted to be God in the prophets. And then he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever does what? Believe. Would not, but have everlasting life. The whole thing is about life. And the reason that God wants to be God in man is so that the work of God will be accomplished. So Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you be filled with the Holy Ghost. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate purpose of God. To baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody said, what the fire got to do with it? Well, baby, when you got some fire in you, you ain't going to stand still. Have you ever picked up a hot skillet? Have you ever had that curling iron too close to that neck? I'm sure you just stand there and sing. Oh, I'm burning my neck. Oh, no, you don't. You women know better than that. Once you get close to that neck, you throw that thing down as fast as you can because you have already got on fire. Fire makes you move. Fire will bring you out of the gutter. Fire will bring you out of yourself. Fire will bring you out of pride. Fire will bring you out of too overly self-centeredness. Fire will bring you out of doubt 
in unbelief and shame. Amen. Amen. For he will not speak his own message. John 16, 33, he will not speak his own message on his own authority. But he will tell whatever he hears. Now, uh, would you please tell me, who do you think the Holy Ghost is hearing? Could it be God, the Father? Could it be Jesus, the Son? Could it be the one that knows everything? Could it be the one that all power in heaven and earth has been given to? Uh-huh. He says, he will not speak his own message, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. Oh, you mean that Father God has given a message to the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost wants me to know it? He's going to tell it me? If I'm in the Holy Ghost, that is. If I'm listening to the Holy Ghost, that is. Huh? If I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, that is. If I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit, that is. He said he will give a message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare it to you the things that are to come, even that will happen in the future. Well, if I'll tell you right now, I want to know what's going to happen in my future. Amen. I don't plan on being an old little woman somewhere sitting around quilting and crocheting. I believe I'm going to preach till I'm 90. My mama's 86 and she's still preaching. My grandmother was 93 and she was up running around with a full head of hair. I'm taking after, uh, I, I used to say I'm taking the longevity after my mother's side, but I've changed my confession. I'm taking it after the Lord God Almighty. I'm taking my life out of the Lord God Almighty. I'm going to live and not die and declare the illustrious acts of God. I'm going to live and not die and declare the illustrious acts of God. I'm going to live and not die and do the works of God. I'm going to live and not die and declare God's gospel. Somebody say amen. But I need a leader. I need a guide. I need somebody to tell me the truth. Only the truth that God knows. Therefore, I need the Holy Ghost. We're always looking for something to be hard. You know, we Christians, we want something deep, dark. We want somebody to come in with a, 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 that's preaching something. that, And you can go after church and say, what did he say? And they say, I don't know. Because they want something deep and dark. Jesus was a preacher of sim simplicity. Jesus was a preacher that even children could sit around and understand. Jesus wasn't a preacher that had to have some new dark revelation that nobody understood. I've got a good friend, and you know, they, and he preaches so good. But you can go up to anybody in the whole church and say, what did he say? I don't know, but I know it was good. Because everything has to be so drawn out and so dramatic and so mysterious. Only God tells me. If you keep seeking, he'll tell you. But 20 years goes by and you still don't know it. Please, folks, don't be hard tonight. It's the truth. We need a leader and a guide that will hear what God said and tell it to us. We need somebody that will help us crucify our flesh. I dare you say help. Now see, that's what that man don't want me to do at the funeral. Pastor Elaine, I'd just like for you to be quiet. And I'd like for it to be, it don't have to be real morbid, but I don't want it to be too happy. And she's shouting in glory. Don't have any hands anymore with R.A. Don't have any feet no more. She's up there with new feet. New, I mean, got a new body, praise the Lord. Got a new life. 
She's been caught up out of this stinking world and now she's in the new heaven and the new earth, in the new heaven that she's not seen before. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. She's in a new heaven to her. Seeing Jesus and her mama and her nephew, everybody around her. But they want me to be quiet. So, I'm not responsible except I'm just going to try my best to say, Mary was a wonderful friend of mine. And I loved her with all my heart. And she was in church every Sunday morning. She left a legacy. The legacy that she was in. And probably the Holy Ghost hit me and I'll say, And my God, she had the Holy Ghost all over her. <laughs> and she's already been in the quietest place she'll ever be. The earth. <laughs> She's singing with the elders. She's rejoicing with David. David is playing and singing and dancing, and everybody up there is having Dottie Rambo and Vestal Goodman, my Lord, Jesse Dixon. Brother, brother uh, Lawrence uh, um, uh, Bishop just went home last Friday night. Darling Bishop's husband, he's up there. He's a bluegrass singer. He's probably up there singing. She runs through the corn with her hair golden sunny. I mean, she's praying, he's doing something bluegrass. He had a bluegrass band that won Grammy Awards. He's up there picking and grinning. She may be over there clogging. wants us to know that God does not have a nervous condition. And people that are coming to your churches don't want another dead religious service. They want something that's full of power and might. All I have to do is ask, and he will give me the Holy Spirit. He's my comfort, one alongside of me with power to help me do anything and everything, to make me bold, to become a witness, to empower me to minister. And on the day of Pentecost, when Peter stood up and said, Hey, these aren't drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day, but this is that that Joel prophesied about. In the last day, saith God, he's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. This is that. This is that. This is that. Everybody say, I've got that. Amen. So on Christmas morning, how many of you like gifts? Uh, remember the real and the plastic over here. How many of you on any day like gifts? How many of you like free gifts? They're really good, aren't they? Free gifts. I love free gifts. I like gifts. I just love gifts. I had a piece of baklava today. I love gifts. I was walking down through there because we made our videos in Charlevoix up there with all the apple orchard people and everybody, you know. And we were sitting down there just preaching it. I, I, was about to, I was about to get wound up. There was people just standing around staring. And I was just preaching and preaching. I thought, isn't it going to be funny if in about five minutes if they call the police for us preaching in the park, videoing, and, and I have to call Pastor Bridget and say, uh, uh, uh. Uh, honey, uh, will you come down to the jail in Charlevoix? Is this you, Elaine? Uh, yes, ma'am. I was preaching down by the docks, and now I'm in jail. Will you please come and pay my bail and get me out of here? Huh? They could have done that because I didn't think about it, but we really were preaching on the street. <laughs> That's against the law. But it don't matter. Peter stood up and he said, hey, this is that. 
spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that that fell on the day of Pentecost. And all of a sudden, I hear Peter in my mind. I don't know that man. You know, when he's standing in Pilate's hall, I don't know that man. No, I'm not one of them. Not me. I don't know him and I'm not one of him. I don't follow him. And then all of a sudden, Peter's standing up being bold as a lion. What was the difference? The Holy Ghost will make you bold. I got to jump through a whole lot of notes here. Turn with me, please, to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12. I got to hurry. It's only 7 o'clock. No, it's only 7.30. Oh, no, I'm going by my time. It's my prerogative. <laughs> it is 7.29 Central Standard Time. That's what I go by. Women Alive Conference 2011 I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the Holy Ghost gifts I don't want you to be ignorant be not ignorant concerning the gifts of the Spirit don't you know you were once a dumb Gentile carried away to dumb idols you went however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I call him Lord. Because I'm full of the Makanibotilamosayabedekatiboyakdevodela. I call him Lord because I got the masikun that a day that a moshe babandeleva robomba dadega so baba. I'm thirsty, so out of my belly's flowing living water. Jesus talking about the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God forevermore. It ain't no wonder the devil wants to stop you, bunch. It is no wonder the devil wants to stop our progress because he knows that we are full of and controlled by the Holy Ghost. And we women, we women in this room today, and you men that are here, God's got an army marching through the land. Deliverance is our song. There's healing in our hands. Everlasting joy. Gladness in our heart. We are full of and controlled by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Verse 4. There are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. So I'm in the Spirit and you're in the Spirit and we probably don't even act alike. I know some of y'all don't. Now there's some that does, but there's some that don't. But there's some that does. But there's some that don't. But there's some that does. <laughs> but there's some that don't. In this room. Uh, but there's some that does. Uh, but there's some that don't. <laughs> uh, uh, I just heard the Holy Ghost rumble. In my belly. That woman, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. That woman that walked in to the Gatlinburg meeting. I'll never forget it. I could hear her grunting all over the building. She walked from the back of that ballroom to the front found her a little place and sit down brother Norval walks out and he says the Holy Ghost is here to do a great and mighty work about that time that little old lady hands twisted feet 
knees. She stands up going like this. He said, go from her, you foul spirit by the anointing. And I'm, 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 I'm watching. Because for 24 years, I've traveled with him seven meetings a year. And all of a sudden, you know that dance they do? Can anybody do that in here? Sam, can you do that? I know you can, Sam. I know you can do that. <laughs> Brian? Brian? All right, Jonathan, come on and do it. They can't let them do it. They're honey. You're, you're, you're young. Get up here. That's my son. Give him a hand. Come on now. That's the way her arms started moving. And I'm going, Holy Ghost. Brother Norval said, the Holy Spirit will do this. And she started. And I'm going, I want that. I want that. Say it with me. I want that. Don't you want the anointing on your life to do that? So I'm sitting over there, and you know what? I just cried. Lord, that was so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> and I was just crying. I went to the speaker's lounge. I don't know who was with us that night. I want to say it was like Shambach and, and, and somebody like that. And maybe Jensen Franklin. I'm, I believe it was Jensen And I'm back there, you know, I'm sitting going, because I don't ever speak unless they speak to me. I'm in there with all them big preacher men, and I just go. I don't want to usurp authority over them. I just sit there and go. And Brother Norville will say, what do you think about that, Elaine? And I'll say, well, sir, and blah, 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 blah. Nothing. Uh, Tim's story. The guy that does the 600 actors and actresses a day at CBS Studios in California. He was in there with us one night and he said, oh, Elaine, I want you to come to California and preach. And I go, okay. Give me your card. Give me your name. Give me whatever you've got. And I said, okay. But I wouldn't get anything out of my pocketbook because I don't want to move with them kind of anointed people around you know what? We don't, we don't really, we don't really respect the anointed like we should. I'm the same way. I'd be the same way if it was Brother Kimmon. And he said, Elaine, now I need to talk to you. I would I wouldn't disrespect you. Brother Hall taught me that. You, you can't disrespect the Holy Ghost. So I'm sitting over there and Brother Norval's saying, man, did you see that woman tonight? And I'm going. <laughs> then the next night, I'm standing there getting ready to sing. So help me, the door opens up and here comes another one. Like this. And Brother Norval grabs the microphone. He says, okay, Elaine. Last night was my night. Tonight's yours. You take care of that one. I said, <laughs> okay. That was years and years ago, and I was like, like, where I didn't have nothing to shake, it was shaking. I only wore size six back then. I didn't have a whole lot to shake, but it was shaking anyway. And I said, okay, okay. I only asked God last night to let me do that in the Holy Ghost. And I said, like he did, go in the name of Jesus. And that woman went. And got her legs straight. And I'm, and I'm going, ow! Inside, I'm just going, whoa! And I'm having to stand there and go, just like I knew it was going to happen. That's fake. Back over here again, I guess. No. 
the real. I, it was 20 years ago, and I'm, gonna I'm not going to tell you that I had the faith to do it. It was God give it to me on credit. I believed God, but I'd never prayed for anybody that crippled before. So what am I telling you? Holy Ghost people can help you if you'll let them. See, we all have the same spirit, but we all minister. Go up there and hit the grand piano. Go up there, son. I've been praying for 20 years that God would give me Jonathan to travel with me, and he just would not. He just would not. I've been praying. But see, when you find somebody that's in the Spirit, you need to follow that anointing. You want what they've got? Then listen to them. Yeah, you can go up there too. He's standing up. He wants to go. See, see, see when you're a musician like that, you just want to go. Here he comes, John. Here's your buddy. By the way, if you turn on my, uh, on my devotion every day, the one who plays coming on the air is this one. I love you. Be quiet, Jamie. I'm hugging him all I want to. <laughs> Jamie, look. I'm real. If I have what you want, if anyone has the anointing that you want, you've already got that Holy Ghost. It's the same Spirit. It may not work exactly alike, but give them respect. Give them love. Brother Hall used to tell me to come and sing. And if I didn't run and grab the microphone, he'd say, sit down, little girl. You don't want it bad enough. I'd go take my seat and sit down. I didn't get mad and leave him. I'd just be the next night he asked me to sing. I'd run like a, a jackrabbit. Grab that microphone. What was he doing? He was training me. And I'm so glad he did. Because now, if you ask me to do anything for God, uh, well, I, I really don't have a song. Oh, no. Don't ask me to sing if you don't mean it. Don't ask me to preach if you don't mean it. Don't give me the microphone if you don't want me to have it. The Holy Ghost is saying, I'm the same in everyone. You don't need to be like anybody else. You need to be like me. The same gift is real in you that's real in somebody else. It's just a different administration. Administration. Now let me finish this. Hurry, hurry, hurry. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit everyone, all. The gifts of the Spirit, the weapons of mass destruction, the Holy Ghost has made available. And they're free to profit with all. You can't buy them. They're not for sale. You got to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. He said, There are diversities of manifestation, but the Spirit is given to each one to profit with all. For the word of one is the word of wisdom. Say, I have the word of wisdom. Now next week and next month or whenever, Pastor Kimmon and Pastor Bridget can be up here teaching you on the nine gifts because I don't have time. I did have time, but I got to go home and preach quietly Mary's funeral. But the word of wisdom, it's the same Lord who works 
word of knowledge. Who works the gift of faith. The gifts of healing. The working of miracles. Prophecy. Discerning of spirit. Different kinds of tongues. Inspirational tongues. But it's one spirit who works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, all the members of that one body being many are one. So is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. And we've all been made to drink of that one spirit. Say, I'm taking a drink right now. Ah, come on. Say, I'm going to drink right now. Holy Spirit, I need a drink. I've been going through some things. I need a drink. Say it again. I've been going through some things. I need a drink. I need a drink. I need a drink. He says, hold it down just a little bit. Listen to this. He said, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. So you know that person you don't even like? They got the same spirit you got. (laughs) For in fact, the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, am I not of the body? Or therefore, is it not a part? And if the ear should say, hey, I'm not the eye. I don't get to see. All I do is hang around with earrings stuck in me. No, my ear can hear. My eyes can see. My hands can clap. My hands can hold a microphone and drive a car. My feet carry my body. Are my feet not as important as my hands? We're all important. Every gift is important. But the one thing that God wants us to realize tonight is you need to be baptized full of, controlled by the Holy Spirit. He's the part of God that's in doing the work in the land today. Amen. For time's sake, the special purpose of the weapons of mass destruction. And I'll come back and preach this message to you later. You can get it on CD and you can read it in the book. But I'll come back and preach it later. But the the weapons of mass destruction are to profit with all. How dare you have a gift of tongues and not give it? Oh, we're afraid they'll get in the flesh. Oh, please, pastor, don't worry about them getting in the flesh. You can, you can, you can straighten it out. But don't throw the gift of tongues and interpretation out with the bathwater. Don't get rid of something that the Holy Ghost said was going to profit everybody. When I don't let nobody get up and speak and prophesy and speak in tongues because it might be wildfire. There's enough wet blankets to put out wildfire. You need to give out a spiritual tongue. Amen. We must have unity. An ear can't be jealous of the foot. A preacher can't be jealous of a teacher. A teacher can't be jealous of a prophet. A prophet can't be jealous of apostles. We are all needed in the body of Christ. There are nine gifts. There are five offices. There are the helps ministries. There's the governments. There's the givers. Weapons of mass destruction. There is no reason why we as a body of Christ cannot take the city. Because we have the weapons of mass destruction. And if we will get full of and controlled by the Holy Ghost and bring back the nine gifts to the church. If they are to profit with all, and the Bible said they were, why are we not flowing in the gifts in the church and out of the church and down at the Walmart and everywhere else? Amen. 
can you do that? We were, we were down at the streets of Jerusalem singing and carrying on Holy Ghost song. Amen. I feel like there's somebody here. Would you hand me my purse? I feel like there's somebody here that needs to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I feel like there's somebody here that needs to learn how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Do you know how my husband got saved? He went into a church and thought it was a bar. <laughs> he was Lutheran. And they thought he was walking down the street one day. And he heard people carrying on like Brian and John are going to be. And he thought, man, that's some good music. That's a bar. I'm going to go in there and sit down and listen to that music. It was a Pentecostal church. And he had never been born again. He was going to the Lutheran church, but they didn't tell him to be born again. And so all of a sudden, he's sitting there, and this big six-foot-three dude stands up behind him right where he's sitting, thinking he's going to hear some good music and have fun. And all of a sudden, this guy said, and Ken said everything on his body began to jerk he said oh my God oh my God what is that what is that he said a woman across the church stood up and said I have called you my son I have chosen you to be my vessel and he said I don't know why I'm Lutheran why would that woman be talking to me and why is this man screaming in a different language and she's getting upset he said but I tried to get up and run out the back door and the next thing I know I run to the altar He said, so they said, come back Sunday. We're going to have great music. He said, well, I don't know what that, that, that was going on. I don't know what that man done, but I love this music. So I'm going to come back next Sunday. He said, the pastor got up and said, listen, does anybody here want more power with God? He said, I felt so good because I got saved. It was wonderful. He said, so I said, I want that power. So he said, I run up there and said, I don't know what you're giving away, but I want it. He thought the man was going to give him something. He said that man laid his hands on me and there wasn't a stage, but there was a piano sitting on the same level he was standing. And he said, all of a sudden, I raised my hands and said, give it to me. The preacher said, ask God to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And he said, oh God, baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire. And he said, I don't know what happened, but my mouth just started. He said, next thing I know, I woke up and I was laying underneath the piano. He said, I crawled out from under the piano and I said, Brother Pastor, how did I get over there? He said, the Holy Ghost sent you and you started dancing. Next thing I know, you was rolling in the floor and rolled up. He said, I was rolling in the floor. Ken's a holy roller. Amen. Don't throw the weapons of mass destruction out of the church. Teach people to use them with wisdom.